Today I get to be the pinch hitter. Um, Pastor Stewart had uh, planned to be off this day for uh, a month or so. Um, Pastor Mark, um, having undergone surgery, has, um, is not able to provide the sermon this morning. So last week, Mark said, uh, I have to go for surgery. It wouldn't hurt if you had something in your back pocket, just in case. I know I'm going to be okay and I can preach. But the doctor said, just in case. I said, okay. So um, I struggled all week knowing exactly uh, what I should talk about this morning. What, uh, what subject you know, did he lay on my heart? And it took a lot of the week before it became clear. Um, as many of you remember, our, our theme for the church last year was uh, unity. This year our theme is holiness. Um, and so over the year, I have been looking at holiness and um, trying to understand it. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I've discovered about holiness, um, what it is, why it's important, and what it means to me, how I was challenged as I, as I studied holiness. Um, so... As I came into this, I, I wanted to try to understand, you know, growing up in the church, we talk about holiness all the time. You know, this is holy, and that's holy, and God's holy, and, but really, what, what is holiness? What, what does it mean to be holy? Why is it so prominent in the scriptures? Because it's everywhere. Everywhere you look in scriptures, it talks about being holy. And as you look at God's Word, what would it reveal to me? What does that look like? What are the nuggets that I can mine out that, that help me to understand it? And how for my life do I develop holiness? If God wants me to be holy, then how do I do that? As, I, as I've looked at the many verses on holiness, I keep being drawn back to 1 Peter 1.16. And it's very simple. God says, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. So, I think that the first thing that I want you to walk away with today is to understand that God is holy, and he really, really wants his people to be holy too. Well, as I started into um, to looking at holiness, you know, I started looking at the facts. You know, what, what, as I look at holiness in the Bible, what are the facts? And uh, for me, I usually use the NIV Bible, so uh, we see that the word holy comes up the first time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And there he declared that the seventh day uh, when he rested was holy. We see that the last use of the word holy is in Revelations 22.9. And that's in reference to the new holy city that God built. 
I find it interesting that when he built the world in which we live, it was holy. And when he built his new holy city, it was holy. So we find that the word holy appears 546 times. And the word holiness appears 24 times in the NIV Bible. It appears in 29 books of the Old Testament, 23 books of the New Testament, or, if you're quick at math, 52 out of the 66 books of the Bible. It's everywhere. You can't go very far in the Scriptures without coming across the word holiness. So what is it? Well, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it says holiness is the quality or state of being holy. That didn't help me a whole lot. So I, I looked a little bit deeper. Um, are there any Hebrew scholars out there today? Okay, good. So when I butcher the Hebrew, it's not going to be a problem. The Hebrew word for holiness is kuodes, Q-O-D-E-S. It means sacred in contrast to everything that is common or profane. The adjective holy, the Hebrew word is quados, Q-A-D-O-S. And it is a quality of God in that and what he owns. It means to be morally pure, uncontaminated, set apart for high service, cut off from other things that can contaminate. So as you look at holiness and how it defines God, it is total perfect purity. When we talk about holiness and how it relates to man, it is our attempt to emulate that perfect purity of God. A heartfelt, purposeful attempt to be more like him. We find that holiness, as I look, is the essence of God. His perfect purity is the root or foundation of every other attribute of God. It's the basis for his love, the necessity that he has to judge those who are not holy, his hatred for evil, his adherence to his promises, his desire for goodness to his people. And that is why, without redemption and without holiness, we cannot have a close relationship with him. Although we cannot taint God with our uncleanness, he must separate himself from us because of his goodness. Holiness is a cornerstone of God. His holiness pervades every quality that he has. His wisdom, his patience, his anger, they're all impacted by his holiness. Without holiness, the Bible and its story would not have happened. God's holiness sets the standards for morality. It sets the penalty for sin. It caused the need for a savior, 
and a God who's willing to allow the redemption of man. It will be the reason for judgment and the punishment for Satan. And finally, it created the pure and holy place for his people for the rest of eternity. As we study the scriptures, we will see that God causes his things to be holy. God has declared that locations and occasions and objects and, yes, people are his and are to be holy. Jerusalem is his holy city. The tabernacle and the objects used in it were considered holy. God has set the Sabbath day as holy, and he sets people as holy too. God has expectations for holiness. He sets rules. He expects things to be done in specific ways that, pervert, that promote further devotion. Things are set aside only for holy activities. And he does this with his people too. There are moral laws and he reveals his nature so that we can act like him. He has expectations for us to live disciplined lives. And he wants us to be reserved, set aside, dedicated to him, and not entangled with otherworldly activities that can impact our purity. If we pledge our allegiance to God, we become his. God is holy. He wants his people to be holy as compared to sinful man. Holiness is an attribute given by God to man with the exception, sorry, with the expectation that we strive to be worthy, that we have continued allegiance and continually work towards holiness in our lives. True holiness is much less defined by how much money we give to the church, or how many times we sit in the pew, or how many hours we pray, or how many Bible verses we know. Instead, it's about living a life that pleases God on all levels. That our desire to please Him, to know Him better, and that we are overcome, that we are continually overcoming our own sinful weaknesses day by day. That allows His holiness to manifest itself in our lives and in the lives that we touch. How many of you out there have somebody in your life who you've considered holy? Somebody that you've looked up to and said, this is somebody that, for me, is holy. Many of us do. How well are you matching up to them? Where are you at in your journey to holiness? What needs to change in order for you to become more holy? As I looked at the scriptures, there were several discoveries that I found as I looked at the word holy. The first mention of something holy um, was on the seventh day in Genesis 2-3, the day God rested. That was the initiator of the Sabbath. There's a surprising number of references through the scripture to Sabbath, being holy. He orders us to set aside a day to worship and to rest. He set a number of Old Testament rules about the Sabbath that are 
pretty radical by today's standards. I sometimes forget that it was one of the Ten Commandments, one of the ten things God most wanted us to think about and to observe and to follow. It's often forgotten in the mix. Most of us can say, you know, I haven't killed anybody or I haven't committed adultery, but where do you stand on honoring the Sabbath? God thinks this is important. I think sometimes I am often too casual with this commandment, and it's very easy in this world in which we live. The next thing I see is that God created holy, sacred places. In Exodus 3.5, he tells Moses at the burning bush to remove his sandals because he's on holy ground. As you look through the scriptures, you see him designating places as holy to him. He's done it with large geographic area that we call today the Holy Land, or in those days, the Promised Land. He has named mountains, and cities, the tabernacle and the temple as holy places. These are places where he takes special interest and where he can be found. He gives special orders on how to maintain the holiness of these locations and those things which promote holiness and those which defile those various locations. The New Testament references the churches as God's holy people in several locations, such as Philippians 1.1. In these instances, I believe God is referencing both the people, the congregation, and the physical church as holy. The New Testament is full of references on how the church needs to conduct itself in order to maintain its holiness. One critical thought is that God inhabits these physical locations. He is there. He is with us today. And in context, as a dedicated church, we should keep that in mind. This is his house. It was built for him. So the question I ask myself is, if God were here in the pulpit today, instead of me, would my worship be different? Would my attention be more focused? Would I have invited a lot of other people to come with me? Would my actions at church, been, at church here been, you know, less casual, more formal, more um, directed to him? So I'm challenged as I consider the fact that God is in his church and that I should strive harder to keep it holy. I see that God creates holy methods. In Leviticus, God set up the tabernacle rules, how to build it what equipment it should contain, what the priests were to wear, how sacrifices were to be offered, which feasts were to be observed. And as we move into the New Testament, we see holy methods for the church as well. How is the church to operate? There are ordinances of which ordinances of the church are to we are yeah. which ordinances of the church are we to follow such as baptism and communion? 
There is direction on how to conduct services and how to utilize spiritual gifts. We should take care to observe these holy methods. I also see that God creates holy people. Through Scripture, we see God asking His people to be holy. It was God's request of the Old Testament. We find it in Leviticus 20.26. And the scripture I gave you earlier from 1 Peter 1.16 is an echo, a repeat of that for the New Testament folks, to be holy as I am holy. We have seen God set apart people to draw them into holiness all through scripture. There's a lot of heroes in there that, that God has called into holiness. Many of them were tarnished with sin. Many of them were simple people who just allowed God to work in their lives and who dedicated themselves to Him. God does not expect us to be perfect. That's why He sent a Savior. But He does expect us to set ourselves apart, to continue, continue to know Him better, to leave the past and our sin behind, and to strive for purity. The constant question should be how to increase our holiness how to be more effective for God while on earth. Again, I'm convinced that I need to be far less casual and far more disciplined in seeking God and living that pure life that He wants me to live. Finally, no study on holiness would be complete without discussing the Holy Spirit. As we move into the New Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit appears fully. It's been in the background before, but we see the Holy Spirit come fully into action. We finally meet and see this third member of the Trinity. Through the power given by the Holy Spirit, we see miracles happen, grand speeches made, discernment given, and guiding for those who are depending upon the Lord. Most importantly, the Holy Spirit helps us to develop our own holiness, to emulate those good things of God. Have you seen the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Have you let Him reveal the truths and open scriptures to you? The Holy Spirit is waiting for the opportunity to be part of your life. Have you asked Him lately? In summary, and in application, I want you to walk away remembering that the chief attribute of God is holiness. God has declared that certain things are holy. He tells us to honor the Sabbath and to honor the church. The Holy Spirit is here and available to help us to live the holy lives we want to. And he directs and he desires for us to strive for pure and holy lives that we, are, that we dedicate to him. So thank you all for the opportunity to share this morning on what I have learned about holiness and how it applies to me. Thank you.